Hello and welcome to Empty or Q, where we talk about the most spookiest of movies. Actually, it's not spooky at all. It's uh, The Frighteners, starring Michael J. Fox. Yeah, it's, it's about as unfright as un- I mean, uh, D- Jake Busey's pretty fucking creepy. Well, we'll get to Jake Busey. Uh, yeah. I have extensive but, uh, Jake Busey notes. Was it like 1996? It's, uh, yeah, 96. 96, The Frighteners, starring Michael J. Fox. Um, Directed by Peter Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, this was my jam as a kid. I was just going to say the same thing. I had I rented the videotape a ton. I owned the videotape. I saw it in theaters. It. I didn't see it in theaters. I remember seeing it in theaters. My mom took me and my friend. I remember this always being on TV, though. Like, I remember it being like the Saturday afternoon at one or two would be like, Michael J. Fox and the Frighteners. Like, and I remember that and I'd always be like, yeah, I got to watch this. I got to carve out a couple hours here. Guy can see ghosts. So, yeah, I want to run through how crazy this plot is. So I haven't seen it in a very long time. So he's in a car accident with his wife. Okay. And his wife, wife dies. dies. Yes. And they all suspect that he did it because the last thing they see in town is him and his wife in an argument about something. Yes. And the argument is insane. She wanted, he's building a house because he's an architect. Yeah. And she wants a garden in the side yard and he paves over the dirt to make a basketball court. Oh, wow. And they get in a huge argument about it and leave in a fit and they're driving off and then they crash and she dies and he isn't like charged or anything like they never accuse him of the murder but it's like stigma like, yeah the town is like this guy killed his wife and, got yeah. away with it. and he comes away with the power to see ghosts he gets oj'd and so he can see ghosts and he decides to what he does is he befriends three ghosts and he uses them to haunt people's houses and then he goes through and like performs ghost busting cleansing rituals basically yes to extort money from people yeah and then like him and the ghosts go back home which he just lives in the shell of the house he was designing and just abandoned it and he just lives in a tarp covered half completed home yeah in the mountains yeah oh my god see this all seemed really cool to me as a kid for some reason, but now thinking about it, what kind of fucked up little kid was I? I where, I wanted ghost friends and to live in like a rundown house. And, I what and I want people out of their money. What I want to start with too is, and I thought it was more like watching it back now. I thought it was a bigger part of the movie, but shitty Michael J. Fox, like him playing a total sleazeball. I wish he had done more of that. Because he's so good at it in the beginning of this movie, manipulating people and exploiting death at fu- like he goes to funerals and hands out his business cards like you want to talk to your loved one? I can do it. Call me. Yeah. And it's like the town, like the newspapers there in town hate him, and they try to like expose him as a fraud, even <laughs> though he knows legitimate ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Like, like there's no way to explain what's happening, and they're like this guy's a fraud, and everyone's like yeah. But then, like, there's still, like, ghosts lifting the beds up and, like, knocking things off the walls and stuff. Isn't one of his ghost friends Chi McBride? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's super, super different for Michael J. Fox, who was always, like, the in-over-his-head kid, like, Marty McFly or, like, Teen Wolf or um, not Three's Company, The Secret really. to My Success. Yeah, Secret to My Success, like... Doc Hollywood, like all those Doc movies, Hollywood. he's always like kind of in over his head. But this one, he's just like straight scumbag. Yeah. And I really, I wish there was more of it. 
but um, it's a pretty short movie too. I think it was only like an hour twenty eight hour. Really? 30. Yeah. For some reason, it always felt like a really long movie. Because with commercials on TV, it's probably two. Even in the theater, dude. When I was a kid, that felt like a two. Like it felt like a three hour movie. Because like the whole you, third act felt like it was like you took a while to get there. Well, yeah, that's what's kind of funny is like it. Yeah, it covers a lot of ground. So what happens is he's going about his normal cons and everything, and he he isn't paying attention one day and he crashes into this dude's fence and that sets everything into motion for the movie is he crashes into this guy's fence and the dude's like, you ruined my yard. Like you, you got to pay for this. And so he's like, Oh man. Okay. So he sends the ghosts to that guy's house and he, they call him and they're like, what, what? Okay. You're the expert. I got like, they're super skeptical. Well he is. And his wife is like, Oh my God, like you have to help us. And he goes, well, it's pretty expensive. It's at least going to be like 700 bucks or something. Or, and I'm just saying to be nice, like we could like call it even on the fence and yard destruction. huh? <laughs> and the guy's like, whatever, just do it. It'll shut my wife up and she'll be happy. So he's finally like, they do it. They go through the hole. You see how he does his job and everything. And he's leaving and he notices that the husband has a number carved in his forehead. And he's like, what's on your forehead? And the husband's like, what? And then, like, that night he dies of a heart attack, even though he's portrayed as, like, a huge fitness freak. Like, oh, he's always yeah, exercising. Yeah. And, and the uh, number coming up on the forehead was fucking creepy. It's, yeah. I mean, watching it now, it's a little dated and silly. Yeah. But, like, it kind of adds to it, too, because it's Peter Jackson, and he was just doing crazy stuff anyways. Yeah. So it's well, aged pretty smoothly. Before that, what has he done? It's Dead, Dead Alive. Alive. Yeah. And I think something else, too. Which involves someone picking up a lawnmower a lawn- and chopping up, like... And just mowing through people Zombies, with more, yeah. yeah. Uh, so he was, yeah, before he was prestige Lord of the Rings and King Kong director, Peter Jackson was the splatter master. Yeah. Basically, he would make those, like, comedy horror movies that were super gross. He was like um, Sam Raimi. Yeah, exactly. He was literally, Dead Alive is uh, uh, almost like the evil dead. It's like dead. his evil dead, yeah. Yeah. I think that Peter Jackson went straight for comedy a little bit more. Because Evil Dead 1 is kind of a little more serious. Yeah, and then Evil Dead 2 is where they realize, you know. Hey, we're better over the top here. Like, comedy yeah. is king. And then Army of Darkness is full throttle <laughs> fucking wildness. Um, yeah, so to get back to the Friday. So it was Peter Jackson. So you do have a lot, like a lot of the stuff that, that seems dated, like you can kind of play it off because that's how his style was up until he started making like the epics. Yeah. Um, and this, yeah, from there you just, he turns Lord of into the like, Rings, right? Yeah. Lord of yeah. the Rings, King Kong. Yeah. The Hobbit movies he's done. He, I he, always forget that he did the Frighteners too. Yeah. So it, from there you kind of go on this mystery where Michael J. Fox, um, teams up with the, the widow now, the wife, and, um, they try to solve this, this crime, which leads them to the story of a crazed inmate or a crazed asylum worker who snapped and killed 12 people in a shooting rampage yeah and it's jake Busey. and jake Busey, his name in this movie is john charles bartlett which is a fantastic murder name yes yeah johnny bartlett and i have got to say but john charles bartlett the three names is very very serial serial killer yeah and he is unhittable he is incredible. You don't yeah. get a lot of screen. He's throwing a hundred mile per hour fastballs. He because he's a he's a ghost. He's, he's a, like death. Yes. For forty five minutes of this movie, 
And then he's unmasked as he's, John Charles Bartlett. Yeah, he's like the apparition of death. And then he's like, oh, bro. And the whole the thing. The Grim Reaper. Sorry. The whole thing, it turns out, is he wants to boost his number of kills. Yeah. So he can be better and brag in hell about being a better serial killer than the other killers in hell. Yes. And so the numbers in the foreheads are the number of victims. Yeah. And he's just like. He's like trying to get to 24, right? No, he's in the 40s when the movie oh, starts. Oh, yeah. But he killed 12 while he was alive. And so they're like. Oh, he's been doing this to try to kill from beyond the grave. And like, it's just, it's insane. But when they pull the mask off and it's Jake Busey, uh, he just. And he's got like a girlfriend. It's like, it's very Mickey and Mallory from, uh, from true romance or natural Natural born killers. killers. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I had, yeah, I had some thoughts on it. He kills the hell out of the newspaper editor and frames Michael J. Fox for it. Like what does so, he do to him So again? Michael J. Fox sees the newspaper. They don't like each other because she's yeah. always trying to slander him and libel him. And he sees her forehead has a number in it. And he's like, we got to get her out of here. And at this point, because he's like been so weird about seeing people with carvings in their foreheads and people keep dying, the police, like he's suspect number one. Yeah. They're like we don't know how he's doing it because they have no signs of artery clog or anything. Like their hearts just squeezed to death. And that's because Jake Busey is literally just sticking his hand into these people as a ghost and squeezing their heart. Yeah. And so they, <laughs> they think Michael J. Fox is the suspect. And he's he's at this gala to find the, the editor, and he saves her and pulls her out. They like go on a pursuit where he's driving, and the death entity is following behind. Yeah, chasing and, him. And then he makes them crash the car. And it's like a super mirrored image of when he crashed with his wife. Yeah. And so he kind of has like deep flashbacks. And he kind of starts to piece together that he thinks that John Bartlett might have even killed his wife. And that's why he got the powers. And, like, it becomes this whole thing. And he's so distracted by it that John Bartlett just grabs this editor and, like, slams her into the ground. That his wife was alive and he squeezes her heart, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, like, this is – it's a large – this is basically the movie. The whole movie. But it's one of those where, like, you've seen it a thousand times probably – and it's not really about like twists and turns. It's about just enjoying watching a young Peter Jackson make a movie like this. And it, you get to see his um, dabbling in visual effects. Like, Absolutely. Like he not not a sorry not was going outside of practical effects and starting to work with computers and yeah. CGI. Which is funny because now he's he's uh, like Mr. Weta Digital. Like he you know like he's known for pioneering special effects with wedded digital Oh, it's him and yeah him and uh james cameron are absolutely the reason why we have digital effects they took it to the next level and steven spielberg with jurassic park well, that's, that's mostly animatronics though oh yeah, 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 yeah but then all the raptor stuff at the end oh, is real raptors the t-rex it's <laughs> real dinosaurs oh yeah yeah um so yeah there's a couple other things in it too that really bother me because god saved some dinosaurs (laughs) is um the the widow lucy falls in love with michael j fox and it's been like 12 hours since her husband died mysteriously (laughs) died yeah that's where i would be like maybe she's involved because because they go like they he he's with her and she's helping like and they're like trying to explain what's going on and trying to investigate what's going on and the police arrest him and she's at the police station like oh we got to find him because i don't know what's going on like things are crazy and he gets brought in arrested for all these murders and she's like 
She's like, what? No, leave him alone. Leave him alone. I know he didn't do it. Uh, I think his name's Frank. And he, she's like, Frank, Frank, I know you're innocent, Frank. And she's like ready to throw herself at his feet. And it's just like, seems a little quick. Yeah. Because she was like in the scene, a couple scenes before, she's like very torn up about the death of her husband. Well, you know, grief, it's a five-step process, and she got through those steps pretty quickly. Michael J. Fox is just worth it. I don't Hell know. Hell yeah. 96, Michael J. Fox, yeah. Yes. Uh, one thing I have to talk about, too, is... um. He's like the sexiest little dude in Hollywood to ever be. I have to talk about Jeffrey Combs, who plays FBI agent Milton. Oh, Jesus. The uh, greasy-haired, weird dude? Yes. So he is... Cuts himself, doesn't he? No. Oh, no. What does he do? He burns himself? No, no. He's an FBI agent who shows up on the case because all these people keep dying mysteriously. And he's interrogating Lucy. And he's like, he's like, you don't know the truth about... He's who you hear the story from about... What actually happened when Frank's wife died, where everyone suspects he did it. Yeah. So she, he's like, so I know he's a murderer because he's done it before. And, blah. and like, he's just this unhinged FBI agent. And he kidnaps, he kidnaps Lucy at one point. Yeah. Like, he's going to take her and kill her or take her and something. But um, it turns out that he's a survivor of the Manson family. And he's just covered in scars. Like, he opens his okay. shirt. Okay. And it's like a total scar suit, but he's yeah. just like so covered in, and he's like, and I'm crazy now. Like it's so, yeah, so over the top, but his scene where he comes in and he like, she yells at him. Like, how could you think it was him? And then she gets mad and yells at him and like raises her voice. And he like cowers in fear and runs out of the room and throws up super loudly. And then he runs back in and he's like, I get scared and intimidated by women. And, like, it, they just never mention it again. Like, it's just this insane, like, it would have probably been, um, like, Jim like Jim Carrey era is what this, what clearly is what he's going for. is like, zany Jim Carrey style. Yeah. And, like, it's all I could think about, but he's so goddamn funny. Because he's just so over the, like, it looks like he runs in from a different movie. And he's super sweaty and greasy. The whole time. Yeah. But I remember that scar, the scars, and I forgot that he was a survivor of the Manson family, though. That's funny. Yeah, he's like a Manson survivor. The LaBiancas or the... Drove him crazy. Tate, the Tate family. And, um... Or, well, just Sharon Tate and her friends. And it just feels so weird because it's so out of place to have this weird FBI agent in the middle of the ghost story chasing them, too. But it's just one more thing. Who was, like, probably... 10 when the Manson shit happened. That's what like, I was thinking. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think he was that. Cause the movie takes place, takes place in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's present day. Um, and that was 69. There is one other scene too, that I really enjoyed. And it's, um, it's the one that I think of first when I think of the movie is, so he realizes that he's got to figure out who's doing this and he realizes he can see him, but he can't fight him. So he tells Lucy, who is a doctor, a nurse. I no, she's a doctor. He says, I need you to slow my heart rate down and kill me so that I can go fight this ghost. And she's like, I'll freeze you and then I'll bring you back. Wait, they flatliners him? And they take him into an industrial freezer in their medical lab 
and he just goes yeah. into this freezer and she drops it to like negative 20. Yeah. And he just freezes himself to death. And she's like, I can bring you back in 20 minutes without brain damage. So, all right, buddy, let's, uh, let's, let's play it. Let's play it safe here. And, um, and Michael J. Fox as a ghost is a pretty good sequence. Cause he's like, got to learn how to do the ghost walk. He's got to learn how to fly. He's got to learn, but he's doing it all so quick. Like you're like, Oh, he's got to hurry. Cause he only got X amount of minutes. And this is when Milton kidnaps her. So you're like, Oh, this is double bad. Cause now he's trying to follow them to save her, but he has to get her back so she can revive him. Like it's crazy. And it's just one of those scenes that just always stuck with me. I can just picture frozen Michael J. Fox. I don't know. Does that does that ring a bell? Does that? Yes. Yeah. I know. I remember that whole ending. Yeah, like it's absurd. Shit, yeah. Jeffrey but Combs, it, it's pretty strong. I really do enjoy enjoy it a lot. It's one of those that I watched all the time as a kid, and I didn't know. I found it on HBO Max. Okay, uh, so it is on so there. It's on it. Okay. Um. And and now that I know that it's on there, I'll probably watch it again. Definitely. It had a creepy fucking poster too. The face pushing through. <laughs> it's creepy, but then you watch the movie and you realize the face pushes through like fifty five times in the movie. Yeah, yeah. But hey, man, it, Peter Jackson was just fucking. But it does do. A, oh, he wrote it too. Okay. It does do a lot of cool stuff that you don't see coming. Like for being a dated horror comedy from the mid nineties. There are a lot of cool ideas and a lot of cool beats with it and how it uses, you know, the idea of of its story of like, how's this guy? Okay, he's friends with these ghosts, so he's going to help. They're going to help him exploit stuff. And they like, but they have qualms about, you know, like it just it takes a lot of interesting approaches to things. Yeah, it'll do conventional stuff like conventional ghost movie things, but it like twists it to a point where. But in 1996, I don't think anything dealing with someone interacting or oh no, absolutely hanging not. out with ghosts, using ghosts as a a for profit thing. Yeah, right. But I gotta say, if I could see ghosts, if I woke up one day and could just see ghosts, I would 100% just do the frighteners. Strategy. This was originally planned as a Tales from the Crypt feature. I could see that. Yeah. Probably, but it would have been way less funny. Oh, Michael J. Fox repeatedly blew his lines by calling the judge Doc while playing, while acting. That's, uh, the judge is one of the ghosts. Yes. So it's funny that it, to think. Huh. No actor other than Michael J. Fox was considered for the role of Frank. Frank Bannister. That's good, though. Because Zemeckis produced it. Oh, interesting. Okay. That makes sense. That makes more sense. I thought it was just because Peter Jackson was like, I know Michael J. Fox has this in him. Yeah, I guess Zemeckis recommended it. That's awesome. That's really cool. He also performed many of his own stunts, Michael J. Fox. Well, he has one stunt. Broke his foot. I can can imagine because he has one stunt where he falls through like every floor of a building. Oh, okay. Yeah. And if he really did that, that could be like. That's the end of the movie, right? It's near the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. One-way ticket to, to Footbrokeville. Charles Starkweather, the real-life killer referenced in the movie, killed 11 people and two dogs during a nearly two-month killing spree. His 14-year-old girlfriend, Carol Fugit, accompanied him for and participated in most of the killings. Okay. Because, yeah, when they show the flashback of, of Busey blowing away people at the hospital... 
they're dragging him out and taking him and he just says one more than stark weather yeah so there you go that's that was stark weather who was a real person okay that's, i didn't realize that he killed a real two dogs. killer that sucks so there you go yeah so i would say if you get an hbo, HBO max or you're trying the the free trial or whatever this I would put close. I mean, it's tough to say. I'd put this to must watch because you have like all of Game of Thrones and Westworld and The Wire and all of these amazing HBO shows now. But like The Frighteners is a pretty good palate cleanser because you get to see a young Peter Jackson who's literally one of the best directors working when he wants to make a movie now, and you get to see like the early DNA, I guess, of what's gonna be. Because it's not like he changed all of his sensibilities. He just kind of went bigger. So this is a really good chance to see that, and it's a really good chance to remember how good Michael J. Fox was when he was consistently making movies. Because yeah, this him sle- him sleezing it up as a scumbag, like I couldn't. I was like, why didn't he do this for a full movie? Like I would have loved a Frank Bannister movie where it's just ghost adventures with him. Yeah, going from place to place. You know what I mean? Like I would have loved yeah. that. It, it, even as a kid, when I was younger, I felt like a property that I was like, they could have done more with this. It, absolutely. And I don't know if that's just because of his medical complications and stuff started to limit what he would do. But I really, I would have loved, like, if this came out now and Michael J. Fox was this age now and he was just coming into Hollywood, this would for sure be a franchise. Yeah. This would be like a ghost adventure show. It'd be a, a couple couple movies, a Frightener series. It'd probably be all sorts of stuff. And so it's a bummer. It's a bit of a... But in that same breath, I don't ever want to see this remade. No. Because I think the charm of it is the dated effects and the... You can tell how much it's like a labor of love for Peter Jackson. And I think that none of that would translate in a remake. That's the same thing with Dead Alive, too. But I also have a strict... Myself, personally, I believe no Michael J. Fox movie should ever be remade. Like his movies were specifically for him. That is, yeah. That like is I don't ever want to see Back to the Future remade. No, I don't either. I don't need Doc Hollywood ever remade. Secret of My Success. I don't think we. I've actually never seen that, but I don't need a remade. <laughs> I can tell you that. Yeah, and um, this, The Frighteners, definitely not. Yeah, those movies are awesome. It's a shame they they didn't end up doing more with the property. Um, just really quick, just to devil's advocate it. Who would you pick as Michael J. Fox now? Oh. Because it would probably be like... Ryan Gosling. Yeah? Yeah. You're saying that just to mess with me? Or no. Okay. I actually, like, this is something I would... Uh, I Do you think he's too old? In. No. I think he can play kind of a... Like, he can play a real pretty boy, but I think he can also play kind of a, like... He's got the loner parts down. Yeah. Like, he could definitely play isolated Weird by the town. Weird loner. Yeah. I could see people being like, he killed this um, guy, killed his wife. Gosling, uh, he he keeps getting like retroactive wins, but not in the moment wins. So I think that could be something that could be a nice W for him. Because like Blade Runner 2049 is like now being like, oh, it hey, might this be, is actually kind of a it might be better than Blade Runner. And, and, and when it came out, people were like, eh, it's long. Yeah, it's really long. Villanueva did that, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's probably and one of the he's best doing, directors working now too. He's doing Dune next. Yeah, he's a great director. I love um, him. Which I don't even like Dune, but I'm interested in that. Hyped. Yeah, I don't even like Dune either, but I'm hyped yeah. for that. Uh, okay, so Gosling, I could see that. I was gonna say they'd probably pick someone young. It'd be like Ansel Elgort or uh, I don't even know. 
I know the name, but I don't know who the He's fuck He's Baby answer. Driver. Okay, okay. No. It'd be him or Miles Teller or someone. No. Like, it wouldn't be, oh, you know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't be like... I don't like either one of them. I don't think it'd be Michael B. Jordan. He'd be good, though. He'd be... Uh, yeah, Michael B. Jordan would be cool. Um, Kevin Hart. I know, that, uh, I know he's older and that sounds odd, but Kevin Hart. No, because he would be all funny. He, w- I don't think he could capture the like. No, he can kind of do some like dry, serious stuff. Michael but he Sarah? can be weird. Michael Sarah would be cool. Go find Michael Sarah and bring him back. And Michael Pena. He'd be pretty good. I I would, like yeah, that. actually, Michael Pena would be cool to see in it. And you could switch up some of the ghosts. That's true. Like you could have fun with the ghosts. Yeah, definitely. Dios de la Muertes ghosts and shit like that with him. Gives you a little culture, a little expansion on culture. Um make it a lady. That's true. Get uh Kristen Wig. Emma Stone. Or Emma Stone. Oh, I don't know why. Oh yeah, Kristen Wig would say it'd be Scarlett Johansson, let's be real. Oh god. <laughs> They'd be She's a weird loner. Or no, Florence, she's not. Florence Pugh. Let's just. I, yeah, I, I, I could just see. Say cast her in everything. At this yeah, point, and she could just walk, cry like she does in Midsummer, where she's just walking and crying at the same time. And you're like, oh, this is really this is sad. Depri- I feel, like, bad I feel for like I'm her. watching someone actually have a mental breakdown. Oh, no, she's the summer queen. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure the queen. I forget. Spring Queen. I'm sure they'll never remake it, but if they did, it'd be kind of, I'd be definitely way interested to see. That would make or break how it would do. Yeah, like a thousand percent. Us, but yeah. So if you haven't seen it, definitely recommend it. If you have, if you have seen it, but it's been a while, it's it's time. It's time to Dive rewatch back it. In. It's yeah. It's time to check it out again. Remember why you loved it so much. It's pretty zany. It's high concept, crazy shit. But it's done pretty easy to follow and digest. Yeah, Peter Jackson's a master at that type of stuff. Yeah. He made the Lord of the Rings easy to digest, so definitely a master at that stuff. It also ended up being like 14 hours of film if you count all the director's cuts. Yeah, that. that's true. So, <laughs> so he, he didn't make it time. easy to digest. He did. Anyway. It was just a lot. Yeah, a lot to digest. Uh, just so yeah. not Tom Bombadil for some reason, but so, whatever. Uh, check it out. Let us know what you think. Um, let us know what you find on HBO Max or if you have any, any weird, obscure horror-type movies like that. We're always looking for those. Uh, you can let us know on Twitter or Instagram. Just at Heiferbrew is the username for both. And then Heiferbrew.com is the web city is, site. Is the website that we're trying to get back up and running. Um, getting, it, getting it going. Uh, yeah, so just reach out there. Let us know what you think. Um, and we'll be back, guys. Thank we you. We love you guys.